You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, host, back with another episode. Uh, I think this is the first podcast I've done in a school. Oh. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, I hated school back in the day. I say that. I don't think my teachers liked me very much because I just used to play golf all the time, but um, I just wanted to go play golf. And when you grow up in Wales in this very few days that look like today where the sun's shining, you don't care about learning English or whatever it is. But I think my early childhood teachers loved me, I think. They always seem to say I had, I had good hair, and I think that's about it. Uh, <laughs> but that's gone as well. Uh, but my guest today, um, thanks for taking the time out, first of all. Uh, please welcome Jimmy and Brooke Owl to the podcast. They've started an awesome little thing that we're going to talk about today. It's not really a little thing because it's quite a big building. But, um, yeah, thanks thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh Jimmy, I've probably, being in the real estate world myself, I've followed you quite a bit. Like, I've seen you post, and I know you're building, like, the rental side of things, right? Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, we probably have a lot of mutual friends uh, seeing, you know, it's always cool to follow other real estate agents to see what they're doing and learn and not learn or whatever it is. So I kind of, like, followed you for quite a while from a distance. Um, so when you reached out and said, hey, let's do a podcast and talk about our new thing, well, yeah, it'd be really cool to hang out and meet and and this whole business that you guys have started last fall um, not the greatest time to start a business I assume but it being a school probably might, might make it a little different uh, but going all the way back like as we discussed earlier to recording, you are not related to the news ogles, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, but just clear in the air for people who've clicked on this podcast expecting us to talk about news, politics, and the weather. No. No, thanks. Uh, but where did you guys meet? Yeah. We actually met at work. Yes. Um, I used to be a contractor with FedEx, and Brooke worked at FedEx. Yeah, and I worked that, for that, FedEx. Yeah, that's that's where we met. Yeah. Um, most people never even know FedEx. The trucks are contracted um, on the FedEx ground side, and so I had some routes with them, and was doing that, and that's that's where I met Brooke. Yeah, I was working quality assurance, and so. I was always in the warehouse. That's where my my station or office was, and yeah. he just couldn't resist. <laughs> I sense there's going to be a lot of dry humor in this podcast. <laughs> I'm all about it. Uh, when, how long ago was that? Oh gosh, what? 2006. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, good man points there. That they didn't hesitate with that one. I like that. Yeah, no, that's, that was good. I'm not a numbers person, so he's. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. have to think. Like I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, both working for FedEx back in the day, did you both kind of grow up here? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Oklahoma, um, lived in Geary a little bit, and then middle school age moved to Woodward, and that's where I graduated high school, and then moved to the city, and pretty much been here ever since, except for a little stint when we moved to L.A. for a couple of years and yeah. moved back home. Yeah, so my dad was in the military, and so I moved around a lot as a little girl, and my parents divorced when I was in fifth grade, and we settled here in Oklahoma. So uh, I was born in Germany. That's a that's, fun fact. That's a fun fact, but yeah. yeah, I've pretty much grown up here. Yeah. I, was, I have friends who grew up in military families, and they kind of like, they're like, yeah, well, we moved around a lot. But it was also amazing to grow up with that experience of being in different countries, seeing different yeah. cultures, and even different states, and then 
settling in Oklahoma, you probably thought the same thing I did when I came here. I was like, what am I doing here? Um, yeah, I didn't claim I was from Oklahoma for a long time because I saw so many beautiful states and traveling and... Uh, when we moved to Los Angeles, which, I mean, we loved living there. Um, but then I, I became homesick of Oklahoma. Like, I really missed it. And so that was really a transition time where I was like, oh, I'm from Oklahoma. I'm from there. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't claim it, though. Why did you guys move to L.A.? Why not? Yeah. Was that, that that was basically it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we get that question a lot and don't really have a good answer. But yeah, I mean, just, just timing was right. Yeah, it just felt like something we, we'd always, you know, every time we'd go on vacation, we'd be like, what if we lived here? You know, just yeah. different different places. And I don't know, we were just at, at a place in our lives where we could. And so we did. Yeah. We got that, you know, especially for me, I had never lived anywhere other than Oklahoma. So felt like it's something we needed to get out of our systems. And now we did it. And I think it made us appreciate Oklahoma even more, honestly. Yes. One, two. I mean, we could go our whole lives dreaming about what if we did this, what if we moved, and then look back and think, why didn't we? Mm-hmm. And we were at a place we could. And so what's the worst thing that would happen? Let's do it. Yeah. And we put a lot of thought into it. It wasn't just like, hey, let's do this right now. We, we really, really thought about it. But um well, yeah. yeah. Why not? Right, and that was that was like within the last what five six years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we we moved out there in 2017 and moved home in 2019. Yeah. Why'd you come back? We missed it. Yeah. You really, really missed we it. We actually that, really did. Yeah. yeah. Christmas really of 2018, when we came back to visit, we we started missing and um, so started going through our head about possibly moving back and and then April of 2019 we moved back home. Yeah. yeah. I can remember when we were here visiting for Christmas and we were driving and it was just so spacious. Mm-hmm. Everything was spread out, the buildings, the people, and I just, you could see the sky, it was clear, it wasn't like heavily polluted. Now, don't get me wrong, Los Angeles is very special. I love it, I always will, but there was something very grounding about Oklahoma and we just really began to miss our roots. Yeah. Yeah. Were you both like working? Did you have your own business when you moved to LA or were you working for FedEx still? Uh, no, FedEx was long gone by okay. that point, but, yeah. but we, we did the, the same thing in real estate we do here. Sure. We did out there. So, you know, flipping houses, wholesaling houses. Mm-hmm. You know. how, how does that, I mean, I'm fascinated with that. How does that commit compared to how it is here? <laughs> I mean, you get nothing for your money back out there, right? Compared to what you get for your money here. Right, yeah, I mean, it, but it's it's really the same thing, same just bigger numbers, numbers just though, yeah. 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 I'll never forget, there was a time where he was like, I went to a house that was $1 million or something, and really, like, you could buy that for 10000 here. <laughs> but it was like a million out there, and I just like, is blew so my mind. Land yeah. value is unbelievable. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Do you miss the real estate game out there? I assume it's a lot more competitive out there than it is here. You know, I was in 2017. I was kind of in a, a weird spot, and I think maybe getting—I don't know if bored is the right word with real estate, but um, 
but it definitely re-energized me, you know, when, when we got out there and just, you know, the bigger numbers, different styles of houses and, and, and it's beautiful out there. And so it definitely re-energized me for the business for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think there's something waking up every day knowing that it's like pretty much 70 and perfect every day. Mm-hmm. Like that just, it makes you feel good. Yeah. You, you haven't even left the house yet. Like, yeah. It just feel good yeah. coming home and it's, you know, February here and it's 30 degrees outside and it's blowing 30 and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go outside right now. I'll just no. see houses. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, like when we lived there, it was just leave your door wide open, leave your windows wide open. And now I wouldn't recommend maybe doing that just anywhere in right. Los Angeles, but where we were. Yeah, the I house mean, we lived in didn't even have air conditioning. I mean, no, it didn't. Yeah. But it was, you know, except for maybe three days, three days out of the year, it was perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. So gorgeous. So it sounds like you've always been kind of entrepreneurial from kind of the get go. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Growing up, like I've never seen my mom and dad have a real job. I mean, they've always owned um, semi trucks and had their own business. And so I've grown up around that. And um, I don't know if in my adult life, if I've had a, a quote unquote real job, you know, I've always kind of been self-employed. Or, yeah. No, I grew up opposite. No, my mom worked for uh, people or or companies. And, you know, I look back at at who I was when I really met him. I didn't know that that life really existed. You know, I knew people owned their own business. Somebody has to own the business. But that was just so far out of my my world that that was not a thing. I never met an entrepreneur. I mean, I probably had. But it wasn't ever, it was never a thing for me. Like, wasn't even a thought. It was never even something I considered. Mm-hmm. I just grew up very differently. Yeah, that's how back home is. Back yeah. home's a lot like that. Everyone just kind of works their nine to five and has their job, and for the most part, stays in it for a very long time, yeah. gets their pension, and and that's it. And I think, especially growing up back home and then moving here, that's the one thing I noticed was. You know, there's so many people, especially now, with there's so, so many more opportunities out here than there is back home, mm-hmm. uh, and so many more opportunities to own your own business with tech and everything else, and even growing up in trucking or whatever it is, like there's there's opportunity there to do it, and I think the U.S. has a more entrepreneurial culture as well sure. compared to back home. Um, so the teaching thing, then. Yes. Is fat, do you have a fat come from like a family of teachers? Is teaching just like, just like oh, like was it just a random? I want to do this. It was a lot of things actually. No, I, I have no teaching background. Nobody in my family has a teaching background, but we had really struggled with finding what fit for our children and mm-hmm. their educational needs, what our wants were for them. We tried a lot of different things. We tried a Christian private. We tried homeschooling with and without a co-op. And we tried, we, we did the public schools in Los Angeles. And none of those really seemed to be what we had hoped for our kids. We think outside the box, we're rather risky. We, um, we have a different mindset, I, I would say. And so we'd done the, the public schools in, in Los Angeles and we were moving home to Oklahoma and we, we, do we put our kids in public school? And the answer just immediately was no. And we looked at other options and the answer just kept being no. So we went back into homeschooling and I'm putting together curriculum for our children for the year, just kind of researching and figuring out what's going to work best for us. And Jimmy jokingly kind of says like, 
why don't we start our, why don't you start your own school or something? And I'm like, ha, who does that? Like who starts their own school? And, um, you know, who are these people that would do that? And, and you, he happens to know some people that did the same model in Waco. And so we started diving into what their school was. And it was, it was as if like a light bulb had gone off. This is why we couldn't find what fit because it didn't exist here. And, um, that just led to more and more research and, and diving in and it, it was a school that our kids had to go to. This is this is how we believe. This is how we think. This is how we believe school should be, and it doesn't exist for us. Yeah. So what do we do about that? We need to start that because moving to another state or um, to another city is just it's not an option. So. You know, when there's a need for one, there's a need for many. We saw a need. We couldn't be the only parents wanting something out of the box, something less one size fits all. And there came Acton. Yeah. So that's that's kind of our journey to getting to there. There's a lot more depth to it, but short story. Yeah, we got time. We can dive into it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm like, because for someone who isn't a parent but might be down the road maybe I don't know but definitely people listening could be parents or are parents and I think school here is such a like a hot topic isn't yeah. it? because they're under teachers are underpaid and they don't need to get the resources they need and really have one of the most important jobs in the world of teaching yes. and raising the next generation yeah. so yeah I think yeah that's that's so what what is so different about when you when you you said a friend in Waco had this a new type of school that Oklahoma didn't have what was sure. so different I would say that it's everything is different it's it's taking what we believe education is supposed to look like and just throwing it out and saying uh, this is dated and this no longer works education as we know it really began in the industrial era uh, you know you you have a conveyor belt or a line an assembly line or whatever and, and you work to that and a bell rings and you have your break and and that's really what we've we've done with with school yeah. um, you're not taught to think really you're not taught to think critically you're not taught to think independently you're not uh, encouraged to question you know two plus two is four a great why you know um, it's not learner driven. It's it's a one size fits all model that you're behind, you're advanced, you're in between, and no one's really seen or heard. And there's all kinds of, of um, issues that that can come from that. And and what we believe is we believe education should be hands on. It should be um, both collaborative and independently. So, for example, Jimmy's really great at math. And um, maybe he can go really far in that because that's a gifting of his. Whereas for me, I can't even remember the year we met. So I should not, that's not my gift, but I have my own gifts. So how can we let that shine? Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody learns differently. What works for you isn't gonna work for the, the person next to you. And so we get to really identify with each learner where is your gift? We believe everyone's a genius. Everyone has a calling. Let's live and in, let's lean into that. Um, 
we do all kinds of hands-on projects. So one of my favorite things to share with families is we're not just gonna learn about the Declaration of Independence by opening a history book and memorizing it so we can take a test. Let's reenact it. Yeah. Let's role play it. Like let's dress up in colonial gear and let's really have at it. Why are we for the declaration? Why are we against it? And reenacting that and kids are gonna have way more fun with history. We can apply that to science, to reading, to math, to civilization. We we can have fun with learning. Yeah. Um there's a lot more to it. I, I went to a public school. I, that's all I ever had. And um, I can I will never forget, because my parents, we, we had military life, we moved around a lot. And, and I totally missed learning Roman numerals at my school. We, we went from one school that hadn't learned them yet to another school that had already learned them and they were testing and they were beyond. And I did not know them. I never really learned them. And so I was behind because everything kind of builds on on each other. And it's not like you need Roman numerals forever. But a lot of my math was skipped from school to school. And so we really think like our son completed first grade math in three months. Um, That's awesome. He can move on. Whereas our daughter needs that whole year. And it's about mastery. It's not about hey, let's have this level or this topic and, and move on into the next and you never mastered that. And, and so it'll eventually catch up. Like let's actually master what we're learning. Um, there's so much, I could just keep going. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's great because they have the freedom where they're gifted, they have the freedom to keep moving forward rather than be held back at average. And then at the same time where they struggle, they have the freedom to take more time rather than be forced, pulled forward to average where then they maybe struggle more with yeah. it. And so you have that freedom to kind of go at your own pace and take your time if you need it or to move forward faster if you, if you, yeah. you, know, if you can. In each topic right. yeah. or subject. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are making learning fun. That's what we're doing. And then we also lead Socratically. And so um, in the other two rooms, we have a, a, a Socratic question on, uh, on the boards. And, and one of them is, what does it mean to be human? And then another one is, would you rather be right or surprised? We lead with a Socratic discussion all the time. We're leaning into that. And so what does that mean? Because for Jimmy, that's going to mean one thing. And for me, that will mean something else because we all have our own experiences and our own opinions. But we're allowing learners to think critically and deeply and communicate those thoughts instead of just being told, hey, this is what human is. Um, We really rob them of being able to think critically. So another awesome thing is we never answer a question ever. So a child might be like, hey, what's two plus two? And my response would be, that's a great question. What tools and resources do you have at your fingers to find that answer? Because if I just say four, then that's so simple. But if I just say four, did they really learn that? Right. The act of learning and figuring it out is far more important than actually you just saying, hey, here it is, let's get you to the next grade. Yeah. And so that's that's easy. Two plus two is four. Um, But what does that look like when they start having harder problems and and they they're having to work through a different, higher level of math or um, 
an issue out on the playground or whatever that looks like. You know, if we just always give the answer, then they they don't know how to go inward and think and stand up for their opinions and thoughts. Uh, so we are constantly encouraging that. It's probably one of my favorite things about the school is, is, is encouraging failure. Yes. You know, learning by letting them fail and teaching them that, or letting them you know, realize that that's okay because so many people look at failure as, as a negative thing. When it's, it's really positive. I mean, that's the best way we learn is from failure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had conversations with parents. We will have a children's business fair every year, and, and it has to be the child's business. So whatever they decide, uh, say a child wants to make cookies and it would be really easy for the parent to make sure they measure right and uh, make sure they price it right. But what if, what if that child makes cookies and they added salt instead of sugar and then the cookies turn out awful? What if that parent didn't say anything and then that child buys or sells no cookies? Yeah. What lesson did they learn right. versus the parent who's like, oh, you did that wrong. Here, let me help you make that. We rob them of so much. Yeah. So, yeah, failure is a great thing. We just have to encourage it. Let your children fail. What's the worst that's going to happen? What, they sell no cookies? Well, did yeah. they read the directions? Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend right now uh, who they live on a golf course and he has two daughters and the youngest one is kind of like him. She's like, just like, could be friends with absolutely anybody. She's super bubbly and walk up to anybody and make friends. And the older one's kind of a little, little quieter but falls to mom's side. But what they have done and what he's done recently is they would always go out every night or whenever they have time and collect and look for golf balls mm -hmm. on the golf course. And then they started finding more and more and more. And then he had this idea, well, Let's see if we can sell these to people who are driving around the golf course. The way the house that they live on is right close to like ninth green tent sure. tee, which is halfway around and usually kind of a natural bottleneck on the golf course. So one summer day, they, they had all these golf balls and he basically said, look, I'm not going to do anything. Like, I'm going to show you how to set up and what do you think we should price mm -hmm. these at? And they've been doing this for like six, seven weeks. and made almost a thousand dollars selling golf balls and like he's teaching you you know um college funds savings mm -hmm. tithing like all of this stuff yeah and he, it's not about how much money they make you know it, like i said it's about the lessons and her failing and learning and um she's a natural seller so every time somebody comes up oh i don't have any cash oh we take you know square awesome. square card like she is awesome. you cannot get past it without spending money um but it's awesome just to kind of to every day or every week i get a text from him and he's like this is this week's inventory this is how much we sold and like picture of uh berkeley is her name like so happy like oh. she doesn't want to sell any of the really bright colored golf balls because <laughs> those are hers but it's you're right like it's teaching len and he, he said he struggled early on you know letting especially being a golfer as well, knowing the value of, I mean, you might find that if you're a golfer listening, a Titleist Pro V1 is like a four, four or $5 golf ball. Well, she's like, hey, it's like 10 cents. And it's like, yeah. no, no, it's not. Like, this is what they are on eBay. Like, you know, just kind of teaching it that way. But you have to learn from failing, right? Mm. Especially at a young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we encourage failing often and failing early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait. I know my biggest lessons in life have have come from, yes, success uh, of getting something right the first time, but gosh, a lot of them have been through failure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Nobody people. likes to fail, but you have to. Well, but why don't we like to fail? Yeah. Because what is that? What do we think of when we, you know, we automatically assume a negative or we're embarrassed or shameful or whatever it is. And it's actually a great thing. And in today's society, it's become so normal to save our kids from failure. Right? Yes. Down to, you know, um, always reminding them to grab their jacket if it's cold outside rather than, you know, letting them figure it out for themselves or yeah. uh, letting them forget their lunch. You know, they'll, you know they'll, yeah. one day of being hungry is not going to hurt them at school. Um, many examples like that. But, yeah. Um, I mean, we've, you know, since we started looking into acting, we catch ourselves doing it all the time. You know, you save them from all these little failures. Yeah. Um, they could be great learning moments. Yeah, I mean, when it's cold out, we say, you know, you, you need a jacket. And our son typically is like, no, I'm never cold. That's usually his go-to response. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes he's fine. Sometimes he gets really cold. And it's like, I'm sorry. You remember when I reminded you, hey, we're going to be out and it's cold, and you said no? Right. Well, now this is, what, what lesson did you learn? That you need to bring your jacket. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think, too, we, we often project things onto our children. Uh, we A lot of times we want to rescue and save them because of our own adult insecurities. You know, we were just having this conversation, and it can, it can kind of get a little deep, but uh, our youngest child, Lily, she's really more introverted she can be really shy it takes her a while to open up to people and um my just i love her to pieces my go-to when she didn't want to hug or say hi to people well, even if it was family was like well she's shy yeah. and i would say that out loud and i just spoke that over her so many times that now her go-to is i'm shy yeah. which yeah she is more of that personality but now she's identified through my response rather than learning through her own her own experiences. And the reason is because when I was a kid, I didn't always want to be around that family member or I didn't want to have to say hi to the person in the grocery store. But I had to. I didn't have that option. I had to. And so I know how uncomfortable it is. So then I just rescue her. And granted, I mean, she's a little... I am her advocate. I speak for her. Right. But I also have now almost enforced this, I'm a shy person, so I don't have to do that. Yeah. And that's something, you know, really I've, I've come to notice more and more recently as, as that's her go-to. Oh, I'm shy. I don't want to, I don't want to say hi. I'm like, oh, what did I do there? Yeah, what did I do? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But at least you know that now. I do. Right? Yes. Rather knowing it like when she's 18 and you're well, like, why is she still shy? Kind of, whatever's happened yes. growing up, right? That could have gone Absolutely. Any, one of them anyway. Absolutely. It's just, we, we're so quick to rescue, mm -hmm. so quick to uh, project our own fears and insecurities from our own experiences uh, to save them. Mm -hmm. So, reality check yeah <laughs> so we didn't have a school like this before you guys opened up in Oklahoma City there is an Acton in Noble really awesome it's called Evergreen mm -hmm. and uh, no that besides Evergreen there is no other Acton here in Oklahoma well for people listening what is that Acton specifically 
Yeah. Um, so Acton began in Austin, Texas, with uh, parents who really had had gone through that traditional education system. And just to clarify, when when I say traditional education, that can be private, that can be charter, that can be homeschool, that can be co-op, that can be public. It, it's it's all kind of that same model. Um, but yeah, they. They had gone through the, the, this traditional school down there, and they just knew that that was not the right fit for their, uh, their children. And there's, a, there's a, a part in the book, Courage to Grow, which um, they wrote, and the dad had gone up to his older daughter's school and said, you know, my two boys, they're in Montessori. When is a good time to go ahead and transition them to this private school? And the teacher said, the sooner the better. And and the dad said, well, you know, why? And I'm paraphrasing. I, right. I, that's not exactly all the wording, but, you know, why? And, and the teacher really just kind of slumped down and said, well, this, the more freedom they have in learning and being, the more they're going to hate sitting at a desk for eight hours. And that was just kind of like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. So they began acting in Austin. And it's just really, I mean, that was over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just blown up. I mean, it's all over the world in all different countries. Yeah. Um, so Acton is the model we're, we're with. And uh, Wildflower is just a special name to us. But yeah. I don't know if that answers so your that, question. So acting is like the, I guess, a franchise. Is that the right way to say it? Kind of. Well, just a model that everyone right, teaches yeah. under, and that's yeah, where you get your curriculum. Yeah. Okay. So you, the like curriculums and all that kind of stuff comes from them. Yeah. We, okay. Yeah. So we we get to. There's so many resources mm-hmm. of the Acton model. Sure. I mean, they've been around for so long now that we can just pull all of their uh, quests mm-hmm. and all of their, you know thoughts and ideas and feedback all from this tool shed all from the other Acton owners and we get access to that and we also have the freedom to create our own quests yeah um you know I there's all we'll have coding and robotics we'll have gardening and entrepreneurship we have all these different quests we'll do this year but we get the freedom also to as long as we're in the the boundaries of the active model we really get to also decide hey we we want to focus on photography this quest or we want to um whatever we we get to do electricity or we get we get to dive in and decide also what that looks like for wildflower yeah and so this opened fall of last year what are the ages of the school like how Actually, we're opening fall of this year, yes. so this will be our first. No, you're okay. fine. <laughs> so everyone listening, go on waiting list. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so right now, we're, we're open for ages 4 through 11. Okay. So we have two studios, ages 4 through 6. That's called our Spark Studio. And then we have Discovery, which is 7 through 11. And we're really kind of like the way the country was founded and with schools as a one-room schoolhouse. So we don't believe in grades. Yeah. There's like no hard science that says eight, eight-year-olds learn best with eight-year-olds. It's, there's a lot of, of information and a lot of uh, proven information, I guess, about blended learning ages. Um, just being with someone else because they're your same age does not equal the best learning environment yes which yeah that's we don't do that so 
we have a, a multi-age group and then we launched middle school in 2022 okay. and high school in 2025 so we're really fortunate any of the non-traditional learning here in Oklahoma typically ends at kindergarten first grade mm -hmm. and then you're going into a traditional school whether that's private or or public but we get to offer this all the way through graduation which yeah. I'm so excited about oh yeah can like just seeing kids now that come in in the fall and then down the line like the feeling I'm sure of watching them walk across the stage and going into like college must yeah. like just dreaming of that is yeah and that's why you know it's not one of the it's many reasons why you're doing this but that's definitely one of them right yeah I I share this a lot so you know, some some parents might want to choose wildflower because it's a it's a quick fix to the educational issues that are going on now. However, it's so much bigger than that. It, you know, the the Jim Rohn quote. You know, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. I think about what we're doing here is really changing a trajectory for so many. It's not just hey, my kids are going to go here for elementary and middle and, and high school. It's really shaping who they're going to be as an adult, which changes who they choose in a partner, which changes our future grandchildren and who they choose in a partner. And if we're doing that just for our children, I mean, this whole, all the families that come here, it's changing a trajectory. And the way our education works, it's not just about, hey, I'm going to graduate to get a degree so I can do X, Y, Z. I'm, I'm on that path. We open the door to so many other things. These children that graduate from here are, are we've seen the high school kids. I mean, they're like next level. It's, it's, it is almost, it'll blow your mind. Yeah. They're beyond college level. Their maturity, their wisdom, their stature, the way they hold themselves, everything. And I, I just think like when we have learners graduating from here, what does that do to Northwest Oklahoma City? What does that do to the state of Oklahoma and all of the actants around the world? What is that? What does that ultimately look like? And it, to me, that's what really fires me up because there's a lot of issues that could be eradicated if we had the right leaders who honor and respect each other there's so much it's not just hey we're starting in elementary school it's hey this is what we're doing yeah because we believe that this can change the world it's a powerful thing to remind yourself every day like, like i mean like helps you get up in the morning right and come to work i would say it's a little heavy yeah <laughs> but yes it is it is what's yeah, I mean, I just, I get really amped up about that. Well, because you've seen, like I said, this is acting has been around for so long that you've already seen the people that are coming out of graduating yeah. from other schools and seeing them go into, you know, into the world. It might be college, it might be a business or whatever it is. But like I said, they're coming out. It's proven that yeah. they're coming out as, you know, walking a little taller. They know more about the world. They can hold the conversation. Like yeah. All the things that we expect a kid to have when he comes out of school or college or whatever it is like it's you know. well that's what we expect right but but where in traditional school do we see that your character is just as important as your math ability yeah i, I haven't seen that that definitely wasn't something i ever walked through but also what about life skills mm -hmm. we we have 
teenagers graduating becoming adults who don't have life skills and I can say I lacked a ton of life skills I my character needed a lot of growth and a lot of work and I didn't receive that and so yeah, that's awesome if you are really smart and you can you know write poetry and, and do calculus and whatever that's great but what about who you are yeah that's not something that's offered necessarily and your character is just as important here at wildflower as your ability to read or write your character is huge so yeah it is it will blow your mind i mean we saw these high school kids we saw elementary school i mean you you always share about that yeah when when we went to austin when we were doing the training um we sat in on the uh, elementary school and they were doing um, their, their uh, exhibition, mm-hmm. and which is where they have the parents and, and stuff come in and, and see what they've learned for the last six weeks or so. Anyway, so the, uh, the, this kid was standing at the front um, about to do his presentation. Well, the mic and stuff wasn't working, the speaker. And he just carried on like, like nothing had happened. He's speaking loud enough for the room, you know, room full of people can hear him. And the other kids are, you know, rummaging around trying to fix the speaker, but uh, it, it didn't phase him at all. And I mean, this kid was, was, you know, speaking to this room probably better than I could. Yeah. And um, just owning it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he was probably, what, eight, nine, ten years old. And just, so when I, when I saw that, I was blown away. I was, you know, thinking like I want my kids to be at that level yeah like I want to be at that level (laughs) it was amazing his confidence his not skipping a beat because something wasn't working I mean but then the high school kids I mean it just it was insane I I, they they were just letting out of school and these high school boys were like kind of surrounding one of their cars and it looked nothing like a high school group of boys that I had ever seen it looked like young young men right who just we yeah i it's incredible when we step back allow failure allow children to take responsibility for their learning allow them to pursue what 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 they're best at i yeah i just I couldn't believe when we were there in Austin what we were witnessing was real life. As simple as um, them sitting together, they were doing their morning launch, and one kid was kind of fidgeting and moving around, and this one of the one of the girls stopped who was speaking and just turned to this boy and said, "Will you please stop? You're being a distraction, and I cannot focus on what he's saying." And this kid just stopped. Yeah. And they just carried on. It, there was no adult chiming in and saying, look at me, or stop that, or whatever. It was just the most responsible, and, and they're children, right? Like, they're not, like, perfect. They're still kids. Yeah. They're, like, kids, and, and but really mature. And But they have, like, the respect is there that you wouldn't expect from... No. You know, and you obviously... You, not, the, the odds of you seeing that in a normal, traditional school... Yes. Yeah, it's not existent. Adults in the room. It wasn't like they freaked out. Like, I can remember being a kid and uh, somebody coming into the room and everybody stopping and it was just it, it was it was the coolest thing to witness. Yeah. 
And then, so when when was that training stuff? This year? I believe it was November of yeah. last year. Yeah. And that's when you're like, okay, we're on the right path. This is, we really want to do this. Well, I mean, we knew that this is what we wanted to do beforehand. Yeah. And I think what's really cool is, you know, there's so, because Acton's been around for so long, there's lots of YouTube videos. There's lots of information on the website, out on the websites. There's pictures. There's all kinds of things. So I felt like I had a really good idea of what this looked like. And we went there to see it firsthand. And it was just so much more. It was so much more than just watching the YouTube video or we knew ahead of time, this is what we're doing, but to see it in real life being played out in front of our eyes, it was just, wow. Right. And then you found the building. Oh, well now that's a journey. I'm sure that you being in real estate, I'm sure that's a good story. Yeah, yeah, it's been a journey. We actually started off with a, a different space that we were leasing, and uh, the landlord had just made some promises that he couldn't make because um, yeah. he promised us use of some land he didn't own. And <laughs> so we had to get out of that lease, and then we ended up um, purchasing this building, which is, is better for us, anyways, you know, especially with me being in real estate, I'd yeah. rather own. So, um, but yeah, it's. It, we've got it now. We just had our uh, grand opening event this last weekend, which was was amazing. And yes, um, yeah, we're excited. Yeah. So, are we do we have room? Are we fully booked? Do we need? Oh yeah. Fully booked oh, already? No, not quite. Okay. I mean, we're, we're a little over half. We're a little yeah. over half, and we're not a micro school. However, if you were to consider like the big districts around here compared to us, we are considered more of a micro school, just being that we're created small by intention. So for us, the first year, our, our, our hopes is to reach 28. And I, I do not foresee that being anything that we can't do. Um, yeah, so we are a little half, we are just over halfway, but one studio is like, gosh, just a couple students away from full capacity, and then we'll go on a wait list. Our other studio, is, we still have a little bit more room in there, but we'll be on a wait list for yeah. before the, probably before this year starts, yeah. which our school year starts September 8th. Mm-hmm. So. Which is- really soon yes right? and this it year is. seems to keep going getting faster and faster yes. so might be a good thing or a bad thing but <laughs> this year has just been crazy for sure but um, the good thing is I guess that you haven't already haven't opened already so it hasn't really affected you guys as much as it probably would have affected some schools and getting people in a class or not having people in a class kind of go online all that stuff that teachers are dealing with and parents are now dealing with too having to homeschool their kids which I'm sure is not fun uh, if they've never yeah. done it before anyway um, so Wildfire, where can people listening like reach out website and where can they kind of get their kids or do a tour or learn about the stuff that you guys are going to do? For sure. Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. It's Wildfire and Acton Academy. And then also our website is wildfloweractin.com. Okay, awesome. Um, anything I missed that we can add in that you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just in case, because there's always something that there's I'll, I'll always. this in, no big deal. But um, I don't want you, like, us to pack up and be like, oh, I should have said this. Well, I guess so. I, I'll touch, if, there, if that, oh, there's yeah. time. Yeah, so I will touch on, yeah, there's a lot of families who had to reevaluate and re, I don't even know, schools shutting down. Yeah. Uh, because we're a smaller school, the way we, and the way we do learning is so different. 
um, you know, so many of the Actons, when they they had to close down because whatever the state or country they were in, they really, um, I don't want to say they did it to perfection, but they really transitioned to learning from home with ease because the way our learning is set up, it's not sit at a computer and do all these subjects online and meet in these Zoom meetings and all of that. They, they were able to continue to keep learning hands-on. And uh, it was very fascinating to watch on social media, the parents who are freaking out because they've now just had to learn how to homeschool yeah. versus what these actants were doing from around the world. It was amazing. And so we have the ability that if that were to happen, for one, we're a smaller school, two, we're completely independent. So. Our, our, our guidelines are very different. And if it came to that, we really get to still have really interactive education, really interactive learning. Whereas it's not learn from home and everybody's miserable, which is what we saw. That's not our model. Yeah. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for the time and inviting me down here to see the space and share the story uh, really excited to see you know how this thing goes for the fall for you guys for the first uh, I guess semester or first part of the year you could it called a semester in little kids school little kids session session yeah, session. yeah we have okay. sessions yeah uh, yeah super excited to see that um, and you know it, just listening to you guys speak for the past 45 minutes like this doesn't come from like hey, we're going to open this because it's a business and it's going to make money. This mm-hmm. comes from a total passion and a need for your kids mm-hmm. and, and a need now because you've seen a need out of your own. There's definitely a need for others. So um, congrats on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, so wish you all the best for, for, the, for this first um, session. And then for everyone listening, I'll put all the links down below for the social media and the website. You can go click on that and learn uh, as much as you can learn more than you've just learned in this about really deep diving into all the stuff that your kid needs to learn. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.